Hey guys, I'm Aditya Yadav and you're listening to The Sound Report. In this podcast, I speak with some of the most talented professionals in the movie industry about the various production and post-production aspects of sound for films. Being a sound designer myself, I have always been curious to know how other sound designers and mixers work. And this podcast is just an attempt to explore the art of sound design further. So whether you're an industry pro or just starting out, I hope this podcast packs a little something for all of you. That being said, thank you so much for joining and let's roll the intro. What's up guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Sound Report podcast brought to you by sinkinpost.com. You can listen to this podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Okay, so we are kind of breaking the usual structure of the podcast today and I only have my guest to blame for this change. Mainly because my guest for today comes with a kind of experience that can't be restricted to just one form of storytelling through sound. And uh, as the title suggests, we are not going to talk about a particular film today. But uh, we are going to touch upon the various aspects of my guest's sound design journey so far. So without further ado please help me welcome Mr Udit Deseja welcome to the show Udit hi pleasure to be here so as you know i like to start my podcast by asking my guests about their origin story basically have them talk in brief about how they started in film sound so uh, what's your story i started uh, in music uh, when i was a kid and i st- started learning indian classical music vocal and s- sort of slowly got into film sound somehow um when i was in my third year of college in mumbai that's how kind of it began i mean that the indian classical music gave me that base mm-hmm. uh, gave me that uh, the platform it sort of trained my ear more musically and rhythmically and i met some people friends who were closely associated and working with films mm-hmm. it kind of uh, yeah worked out i kind of got interested in film sound and you know So talk about your first experience in a recording studio. First time when I entered a recording studio, it felt very calm. It was, you know, the acoustics and just the noise of the city. I was just in this room mm-hmm. which was acoustically treated. It felt really calm and it felt really comfortable. It felt like okay, I can work here. Maybe I don't know. I'm very sensitive to noise outside, and especially you know how loud in Bombay yeah. it gets. Uh it just felt like okay, this is amazing. you've got it's nice and cool you can just come and work here and then the computers and the consoles and the mics and it was just very fascinating so when you first went to the studio was it with an intention of learning how to record music or did you always have film sound on your mind um no the first time it was very random like someone connected me to a studio and i went there it was like a vocal playback singing classic you know indian bombay style recording studio with nuendo and i entered that space and i was just observing what mm-hmm. i was doing just observing how you know someone's operating on computer someone's talking to them with talk back and how the singers responding to the music and because i had this classical background music i could understand okay this okay this is what he's singing oh now they're doing a double take uh, what's it called yeah dd yeah yeah <laughs> now they're doing uh, harmonies now he's going to you know he's breaking before the going all very high pitch mm-hmm. so i c- could understand okay this is the structure before entering a music studio i had obviously seen 
bands playing in college and you know my friends had like synthesizers or guitars and you know i'd seen how they would uh, arrange their music the transformation from this recording space mm-hmm. to this uh, sound design space was very different as well because now you have a moving picture in front of you yeah and uh, that was very interesting that was like okay now you have to do something you have to create this you have to you know add life to this moving picture which is mute so yeah so talk a little bit about the university of edinburgh yeah because uh, i have had some friends who went there and uh, and what i got to know through them was like they kind of touch more upon the programming side of audio like you know mm. using uh programs such as pure data mm. max msp mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that like what was the course yeah, like i mean it it wasn't really about programming per se uh it uh, it really opened sort of your horizons mm-hmm. about how do you think about sound that's what it did to me i was quite young when i went there for my masters um but the the average age in that course was pretty pretty high but still i mean uh, besides that point uh, i when i went there it was uh, they had different modules mm-hmm. they had a, you know the, we started with like recording sounds and making our own sound libraries then we slowly moved to these programming environments we learned flash we it was very multi interdisciplinary Mm-hmm. um which was like you, we were working with people we were we had courses with people from other other courses oh okay uh, we okay. had like classes with people with okay. other courses from other departments other basically departments yeah. and uh, and then there was a film sound module so and then there was the final project it was one year full time which was pretty it was a lot for that one year did you guys touch upon game audio as well back then uh not as much as they're doing now apparently you know um they're doing pretty well in that section uh but we touched upon a lot of performing so elements like with electro acoustic music mm-hmm. there was a lot of max programming yes i mean i was i i got into it but i didn't really you know pursue it as much but uh, i did you know make a vocoder in that <laughs> which was pretty fun and uh, I yeah they they had like they, it was mainly like how do you think about sound it was mainly about what I learned from it with what I have taken from that course is like how I look at a project how do I approach a project and I think very few uh, film schools actually do that like you know if you're going Yeah. film school to learn sound its majority of it is just technical like how you use a certain equipment or a microphone yeah. or a software yeah. whereas it should be more like you know it should be 50-50 like you know yeah. 50% about the aesthetics how you are supposed yeah. to think about something yeah. how you have to think about like what the character is doing and like you know have your sound designed according to what the character thinks and yeah very few schools do that yeah it was that it, was, it really developed my aesthetic how i think about sound now just more experimental just like mm-hmm. don't be shy to like you know stick a microphone somewhere else you know some like a noisy place and use it in on a film like very differently um yeah we we used to watch all sorts of uh, there was there, there was this one thing i remember we had this like diffusion performance where in a space with a lot of speakers around you um just they just played this like record like, one would play recorded sound and like sort of diffuse in this space i mean it's very electroacoustic uh, so music side of things uh but you just enjoy appreciating what you know sound 
really in general how do you listen to just sound effects or i mean not i don't want to use the word sound effects but just sounds i remember we had this professor his name was steve mm. who used to teach us the sound editing module at vancouver mm. film school and one of the things which he had told me back then was if you have nothing to do a good way to pass your time would be just to go through your sound effects libraries just like you yeah. know, go through each folder each sound just get used to the sounds like you know yeah so that when you are there at a pro- like you know when you need those sounds you know exactly where they are yeah. plus also you'll you'll also get to know your own sound effects library and yeah it was it was like i knew like because i had a background in film so i kind of knew okay you know maybe i can just take this route mm-hmm. i was trying to get into other things like you know making softwares and i was like uh, trying my best to try other things as well over there because they had so many so many things like a variety of modules and you could you know be a max programmer or pure data or perform with like you know jitter and max msp and make audio visual pieces i did you know work with that but Uh, because of my background in films I, on back in the back of my mind i was like okay maybe i'll do something in films you know all right so when you were in london you were associated with the studio called sound disposition and yeah. talk a little bit about your association with sound disposition in london um how did that come into existence like you yeah. worked on a lot of projects with them so after edinburgh i kind of moved down to london and uh, it was very difficult to like you know i had to just decide i had to just take that call okay you know course is over now you know now no more student life welcome to the real world and uh, i had a choice to come back to india or stay there say for for a few more years uh, so i basically took that call okay while i'm here might as well just move down to london and start um i moved there and i started working you know i started looking for work and initially it was very difficult but it was it was year 2009 and recession at that time was at its peak like i remember seeing the paper saying okay uk has you know been hit by recent worst recession etc and i was like welcome and <laughs> so yeah it was difficult in the beginning to find work but somehow someone introduced me to you know i was always on like whatever facebook or just like email or finding people who were in sounds going to websites like mandy.com and you know com and gumtree jobs even it was like very weird but i somehow found found sound disposition over there in london and someone introduced me to uh, roland heap who runs sound disposition mm-hmm. and uh, I met Mark and Roland who uh, and it just basically began from there and I met uh, Roland and Mark through this director they had worked with who was an Indian Alsona Jain she did a film called For Real and I met Sona in Bombay at this studio where I was interning and just we were just in touch and I you know one fine day on like Facebook I just messaged her and saying hey um do you know anyone in london i'm like desperately looking for work or to start or whatever intern whatever is required i'll do and they were like yeah maybe you should meet these guys they did sound for my film and i just went there to the studio in crouch end and it was you know it was just like yeah we started working on things together um i had a short film or an ad which i did at the studio i somehow find more my clients as well in that time mm-hmm. and i said okay fine i can you know maybe work at their studio so it was we were all like freelancers but sound disposition has been really instrumental and supportive on how my career has shaped up i we are still all independent sound designers and you know editors but we really work as a collective mm-hmm. which is really amazing how you know also remote working as well now that i'm in india i keep going on these trips but we still work remotely very mm-hmm. well and we form this like working relationship and we've sort of you know it has 
it's been really instrumental in developing my style and providing mentorship and of some sort because it was a big studio you know we we it, i mean it was run by one person still is but um, it provides that ground for you to just come in you know do your job so it was very specific so i kind of got into like sound effects and sound design whereas uh Roland mixes and supervises and you know and Mark is our dialogue editor that was the dynamic back then okay and now it's like obviously changed and many more people have come in and out so you started off with uh, recording sound effects no i started off editing sound effects and recording a okay. little bit yeah but mainly from like you know going to the libraries and yeah the first project actually what we did with some, like a proper first project was a recording project on kashmir oh. we worked on a film called inshallah football where I flew out as a sound recordist because it was in India <laughs> so it was just easier for them yeah. to like send you know because I had an Indian passport so I came to Kashmir to record this documentary feature mm-hmm. which went went you know I was there for 40 days in Kashmir and and then Roland joined us and the first project was actually recording locations sound like dialogues really mm-hmm. and then I came back and we came back So you worked as a production sound mixer on that one Uh or? yeah just sound recordist really I mean it was more documentary sound recordist just okay, so like self one man one man set up just like run and gun like it was very run and gun and it was quite we were making a film on these two boys who used to play football and it was uh, it was quite fun it was quite challenging it was uh, um figuring out the story like story as well because they were they were doing was, that yeah it was a documentary the- so we were following them and it was just like okay this is a good moment let's just film this so we had to be prepared with the mics and yeah. you know we we were just like discussing every day every night like after the shoot okay now what what happens and with the director and you know he where everyone used to just sit and in the end uh, the director used to take the call okay this is what we're doing tonight eh, or next day so what was your workflow on the films on which you worked overseas like where you were associated with sound disposition while you were in bombay because i had worked there for few years already mm-hmm. we kind of knew how you know our working style methods were because i was only handling sound design and effects it was kind of uh, straightforward to work remotely as well because we had regular Skype calls and we had a regular email things and uh, they uploaded the picture to me and I get it and then I start work on it we used to spot the film on Skype mm-hmm. together like I remember this one day we have a having like four four way Skype Skype conversation which was London a fully uh, artist and editor was in Germany and there was another sound effects editor uh, and also who was in uh, uh, Manchester and I was in Mumbai So yeah, we had this like four-way Skype conversation which was a very cool. I mean it works to have like a previous association with these it, guys like It does. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You have to talk less in such situations, right? Like you know, because you understand how the other person works and what the other person expects from you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because yeah, as I said, because I had worked with them previously and I you know, we kind of knew each other's working styles and and what were the expectations and how and Yeah, it just it just really helped me to work remotely as well from here. I just had to follow the notes and you know follow the guide track, use my own instinct and my own mm-hmm. uh, judgment on the film and to sort of draft those effects there or sound design stuff and just send it across and then wait for the notes really. That was the thing. We had our own temp like there was a template set by them mm-hmm. which I had got and following that template because obviously that makes sense and just start, you know, get the job done really. So what is it like working in Mumbai and in London what are the similarities and the differences in the workflow in both the countries they are very different but at the same time the internal workings are all pretty similar you know how you approach a project or how you 
I mean, my process doesn't really change, really, to be honest, as an effects editor. Uh, but as a supervisor, sound supervisor, yeah, that's that's a completely different, a completely different ball game. Um, similarities, I would say, the internal sort of workings are the same. You know, you get a project, uh, you spot the film, you start working on it, and it goes to the mixing, and yeah, it's out. Um, but aesthetically, I mean, how you approach a project in India versus a depends on the film as well you know what kind of film it is i mean action film here or action film there it's, it's not very different like how like the film i worked on here which i supervised also called daddy was uh, a sort of an action film and it had like few shootouts etc and because i had done some stuff like this in the past like the sweeney had like similar scenes like you know a burst shootout burst scene mm-hmm. um so yeah i had you i knew okay i need to have my ricochet separate i need to have my impacts and i need to have all these layer for the mixes to you know pan across or whatever because i was going to be at the mix myself anyway but uh, it was still a bit different because how each director was responding in daddy especially like there were some there were some bits where the director is wanted the music to be loud in the beginning or, mm-hmm. or the gunshots to be loud in the beginning and then the music kicks in so that you've had you know it was just it just depends on story to story but working culture it is different you know it's two different countries i i am programmed completely different when i'm there and when i'm here it's i you know i think a bit differently it just depends on the project also like you the team you're working with mm-hmm. i'm more comfortable working in london with them because everyone has a certain role everything is more streamlined but here it was i had to find my own team every project i had to like regroup with other people uh, and do you normally share your templates say if you're a sound supervisor yeah. in india like do you still have like the same template go to your editors as well yeah 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 absolutely i mean uh, you set up set up the template with the editors in the room you see the film mm-hmm. okay let's have this let's have you know reverbs or whatever already there for the mixer speak to the mixer before okay we are doing our own external you know exterior slap or we're doing your own room reverbs little bit just for the effects you know mm-hmm. you can change it for the foley or whatever if you want keep the f- same reverb for the dialogues as the foley so yeah um we do have yeah, one uh, of the one of the difference which i personally have noticed mm. like just by watching the film not by working in two different countries is the way we approach music mixes Mm. because a lot of the times like the films in india are more music driven mm. and most of the times like you know your sound effects your ambiences your foley take a back seat yeah that's true i mean definitely but i have done films in india too which are more sound design heavy but mm-hmm. the commercial mainstream cinema here is more music music driven music driven and more you know dialogue and music are the king really <laughs> sound effects is just there you know you see a door you hear a door but Uh, I've been lucky enough to work on the projects in India too where sound design was given a lot of importance like on Daddy especially the director was really really into sound and at the same time we we, we had to also see the commercial uh, side of things so we had to have that you know m- musical element mm-hmm. um which took over <laughs> secondly i think uh, just aesthetically i don't know it maybe it's it's different soundscapes as well Uh, mm. we need to realize indian soundscape is more noisy the world is completely different and indian film set in india is different uh, a british film you know set in england is complete you know you have the classic sort of uh, british sound which is which is different how, and the moods are different how the cam how the films are lit is different you know how you so that i i definitely react to that a lot 
like if i see an indian noisy environment you know i will know okay this is how it's going to sound like and i will present that to the director but uh, uh, yeah in england it's like you know i will slightly go experimental there i think that happens like the the film which we are doing right now it's mixing in england but i just have done the sound sound design already we have experimented with a lot of drones and you know like low frequencies and not obviously jumping over the music i mean i i mean they sent me the music bounce uh from the composer and i kind of like have shaped my design around it whereas if i try to do this in india i try to do this in on daddy it was a bit like a uh, you know why are you doing music work i was like okay well i was just experimenting <laughs> so there is this uh <laughs> cultural yeah. uh difference of looking at nothing is wrong or right it's you know we have the same equipment we have same facilities it's just how you look at things aesthetically is very cultural i feel over there i feel like you can use sound to tell a story more and by over there i mean the projects have done over there mm-hmm. um and the projects over done over here it's more you know i have tried to add my two pens to a film but um uh, the commercial really cinema so much yeah do, right? commercial cinema doesn't really allow that much but i have done a lot of short films experimental work which has allowed me to do that where mm-hmm. there has been zero music where i have given pictures with no sound at all and the director this one director i closely work with karan shreshta is an artist filmmaker and he like we've t- worked on like three four projects now and his work has been shown around the world in like galleries and festivals so you have this artistic side in india which is not mainstream mm-hmm. where there's a film we, we did which was which had no music uh, n- no sound at all when he shot it it was just like you know live sound and we had to create that whole sort of ambience around it create that mood so oh, is it uh, drums and drones you know no no about? no it's descent it's called abrohan so that was very interesting and i got the foley done in germany and it was very cool uh, the experience and how he looked at sound and i think your speciality is like looking at your work listening to your work mm. and uh, the films that you worked on i found out that like you know the special sound designy mm. um, aspects of a film mm. are kind of your speciality and you have uh worked more on such projects like i boy is one of them mm-hmm. which i thought like you know the use of the f- the phones and all of those mm. it was very nicely done like you know it, it's yeah. very interesting to um hear such sound design it's always like you know i enjoy that kind of work so you want to talk a little bit about i boy like just briefly about what the process yeah. was like what the brief was like from the director to you yeah i mean it's been a long time i can't remember the brief but uh, i remember recording a lot of sounds uh sound disposition provided me with an electrolush by lom instruments mm-hmm. and i went around the studio recording the mixing desk and you know just mm-hmm. the electromagnetic sounds uh to use that i mean that was uh the base of my sound design i mm-hmm. felt we should just definitely do that and then we came up with this you know while we was i yeah, remember while we were spotting the film i kind of came up with this idea of the you know how the mobile interference happens that yeah that sound to sort of trigger you know his uh, the character's uh, um when he starts perceiving sounds from yeah. other devices so we used that little bit in the thing and you know and obviously our team sort of made that into a bit more um right. so yeah and that was kind of and all the the beeps and bops were like created from libraries or we recorded some like i had on on my ableton i just had like a synth stuff you know mm-hmm. i just like made quickly some things i did some design some sounds for the beeps stuff and yeah just like placed them correctly uh to get the vibe really 
and it was mm. mixed really well as well you know with the music and everything okay so for for anyone who is wondering where they can watch this film it's the film is called i boy and it's available on netflix and you could just go and watch that film um, mainly from a story standpoint it's a very good film and uh, what the sound design does to tell that story is just it's just great work is what i feel so the other thing which i want to talk to you about is uh, the short film called america yeah. that you have worked on as a sound designer and when i watched the film it's like you know it's not your typical kind of a narrative where you see a duck you hear a duck it's not that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and it's very ab- abstract mm-hmm. and what got me thinking was what is the kind of brief that you get from a director because it's it's not at all a linear script yeah america was very very interesting um to work on it the process has been amazingly satisfying i just got a random email by this director garrett bradley uh, who had happened to see my work in new orleans and she uh, wanted to work with me and we it was it was uh, we just had like one skype call and everything was done through like um obviously we had you know emails and whatsapp calls but um we we uh, by that i'm saying we just saw each other once yeah. it was like okay okay this is the vibe and uh, yeah it started with she approaching me it, it was originally supposed to be a silent film Mm-hmm. and it was it, it had already been selected for Sundance Film Festival which happened earlier this year and she she just wanted a mix to be done of some sort uh, because there was a composer already on board who had just given some of her his music to her to like you know place around it wasn't really scored to picture per se but uh, when i got the film it was supposed to be a silent film there was no dialogue and uh, she just wanted you know some story to be told with sound kind of thing but more impressionistic rather mm-hmm. than like very literal mm-hmm. so we went through a lot of iterations but the first time which i presented her something she kind of got the idea okay this is what can be can happen and she just wanted to push this idea of you know just using sound design and music sort of ambient sound design which i also love doing and just using bits of music bits of like you know voices and crackles and just distortion and just you know like a just a soundscape of a lot of things mm-hmm. that was the whole idea behind it i mean there was there was a scene in the film where you kind of i, I mean it's hard uh, if someone can watch it somewhere mm-hmm. i'm sure it'll be out soon it's traveling around the world doing festivals right now but uh, there was a scene where the the there's a scene where the hammersmith is sort of hitting yeah. with hammer and i had i deliberately did not want to sync the hits right i had to just like create a rhythmic pattern where you where you feel a little disjointed from the yeah. reality it does it, evoke an emotion as does, well yeah it does make you feel like you're in a dream it it, it shot beautifully on 35 yeah. uh, with like archive footage and it's black and white and it talks about this really important time in american history where blacks and the whites were working together hmm. um it's it's a, and it also touches famous historical events in bad black history in america mm-hmm. so yeah it was very like delicate this project you know it's, they've been making it for like a, you know 2 3 years mm-hmm. and i was really lucky enough to be working on it and i kind of understood what garrett wanted and i gave her my style of working and which she she, she really liked and it it turned out to be what it is now and now we are making uh, now garrett's like really interested in making this into like a three screen uh, installation piece mm-hmm. which will be installed in some galleries oh, so wow. we are so this single channel single channel film will 
be split into three screens and I might have to just redesign a little bit more for the space. Uh, so you worked a lot on artistic films and uh, installations and uh, for people here in India and I think a lot of people across the world that is a fairly new form of storytelling where sound is used. So do you want to talk a little bit about these installations like what exactly they are and what the process is like for mm. those installations how different is it from the linear st- storytelling yeah. yeah yeah it's quite different the first time i kind of got through got to know about you know this space was through my university really mm-hmm. that you have a cinema space and then you also have a gallery space and any space can be transformed into a performing art visual experience space mm-hmm. i think it was karan shrestha who was be, who has been my collaborator for a long time we've been worked we've worked on like several projects um he came up with a film which was going to a festival or but it did not it ended up in a gallery it was like a short film um it was very different yeah you were basically designing sound for a gallery space not for a cinema firstly it could be in 15.1 audio it could be in 2.0 it could be in mono as well it could be for headphones it could be for so the format is very depends to a project to project mm-hmm. so yeah i sort of got to know about it while just researching and in my university really and uh, somehow got these projects and just gravitated towards them because i was interested in it so talk a little bit about the workflow in regards to mixing these art installations did you have to set up a new room altogether to have these installations mixed properly and like was the size of the room exactly the same as yeah. like the final where the final installation yeah, was going to um, be or the the film you're talking about the 15.1 is purple and mm-hmm. that came through sound disposition london where they basically designed this uh, room specially with which it had like six screens to work with mm-hmm. and 15.1 audio was the gallery spec it was presented at it was uh, presented at uh, barbican in london and uh, we somehow figured it out how to you know design sound for it and mm-hmm. it was completely different and we were working with six screens you know telling but telling one story this is this artist filmmaker Jona Comfra who you, you usually uses multi screen work but at the same time I've done a project here which was uh, commissioned by the Goethe Institute called Wordscape it's on my website um if you want to listen to it so that was more like stereo and you know uh it was for a, a poet uh it was a po- it was for a poetry festival mm-hmm. the program was called poets translating poets and uh, I had to use a lot of music for that as well which I created myself and it was more like ambient soundscapey music but with a lot of voices that was for stereo so this depends on gallery to gallery to event to event how you approach a project for the Goethe one here in Bombay was uh, yeah they just wanted to create this soundscape out of these poetries which were given to me with the meanings with south asian poetry and german poetry here i was the artist so i kind of made my own story and how i look at these poems mm-hmm. and what sounds will be added underneath them was the meaning and sort of in my interpretation of those poetries in sound so that was like completely very exciting and new and i had to just come up with there's many poetries in there where but so basically the idea was to enhance those poetries with sound so if in a poetry someone's talking about rain you obviously heard a little bit of rain but yeah. you also heard the other 
puddly sound. There's one German poetry I remember. It's called. It, she talks about putting your knife through your heart and taking your heart out, etc. So I had to make these like cuts, like sort of cutty, yeah. stabby sounds, with some rhythm in it, and yeah. that's how I approached these poetries. And I recorded some stuff. I researched online what other people have done similar stuff like this. You read through it, and then you imagine. You read through the meaning of the poem. You hear the poem. You hear the voice. and you imagine like okay here's what i can do something here understanding the mood of the film and then adding the sounds not mm. just what you see is what you hear is what you feel is what the character is feeling right. is what my intention is to usually put what the character is listening is what you hear that's one of the tricks i use i just put myself in place of the character and see okay he must be feeling this right now you must have had to come up with like an entirely new template for something like yeah. that right like an entirely new and it was you know um roland who came up with this um uh, idea was really really amazing how he set up the studio you know in in sort mm-hmm. of six outputs coming six screens out coming out of pro tools and you know this output level 15.1 thank god for pro tools with atmos in built in it so it kind yeah. of <laughs> worked out really well and uh, i was in charge of the sound design and i kind of um, worked very closely with the editor who had already done some sound design with the artist while they were cutting it because there's no there's you know this di- there's no like sync talky dialogue in it yeah. there's voiceovers and stuff but there's a lot of music there's a lot of sound there's like across six screens you know john's films basically they have a voice you know if you see his work you would know that it's john acumfras films there's another one we did called precarity which was about this uh, legendary jazz player called buddy bolden mm-hmm. on that i was very much involved you know hands on that was 5.1 and three screens and because we had done this project with john before so i knew okay this is their process so i created these sounds in the edit for the mm-hmm. editors to use beforehand mm-hmm. and i created some musical textures recorded some like what you could boing the cymbals and yeah. you know those some piano hits because it was a jazz musician so we had to create this sort of memory idea Correct. behind yeah. it and yeah so it's the the process is completely different you know i had to i had i have to like reprogram mm-hmm. myself to look at these films completely differently and it really helps me in working in traditional styles of narrative as well where uh, you know you have like some dream like sequence in a normal sinky talky right. yeah, film yeah. i don't know what it is it's just how my brain works i just come up with these ideas and uh, use that and it really does help me to use you know it's really interesting to work on those films and come back to traditional and then see okay maybe i can just do that and you know we use sound more here maybe they like it and sometimes it just flies through with the directors like on buddha.mov yeah. i tried to do that made it more immersive because it was a documentary when i was watching that film i was not sure if this is a fictional story or it's a documentary because it looks like it's a fictional film yeah. but in reality it's not and yeah. i wanted to talk to you about the sound for buddha.mov as well because the approach Uh, which the director the filmmakers have taken the approach is very raw like you know you hear the camera handling sound yeah. the camera is moving for the most part of it the audio sounds like it is just being recorded directly in the camera and that's what they've slapped on the final film but that's not exactly the case yeah uh, it was yeah it was basically i mean it was everything i had i was given a lot of sync dialogue you know a lot of sort of sounds from the camera or maybe sometimes the director had a mic i can't remember uh, but yeah the idea was to create this meta 
mm-hmm. fictional or documentary world with this film and uh, because it was we are mixing it for cinema and this larger space so we i had to make it larger with sound and not just like you know center channel documentary style we wanted to have like a cinematic was that mix in 5.1 as well yeah yeah absolutely i mean it it premiered at the talent film festival in estonia and mm. uh, the director said it really did sounded big in the theater and was like a large large movie theater mm-hmm. so we had i we i was i was you know i was aware um that this you know it it can create an impact of this fiction and non-fiction state so we you know when you start the film you hear this like loud hum and you know, yeah. sound design space sort of thing and atmosphere is just like incredibly loud just to make the audience feel little okay where is this space you know where what are we watching just yeah. to make them more intrigued about okay what is this space you know and in my head it was like okay this space is suspended somewhere in the space it's like amongst the planets and it's you have to just imagine this otherworldliness around it yeah and and then slowly you understand okay this is fiction fiction and then you you know there are some scenes in the film and you hit them this like shockers you know and it's like okay and then slowly you get into this reality side of things and then you go again you go non fiction so we used a lot of because in that film you see him interacting with his phone a lot. Yeah. So I had to also use like sounds of the phone and mm-hmm. this was an idea which was in the iBoy the using f- interference sound etc which I took a level a notch one up one step further yeah one step further and used it like while he's looking at the phone there's a scene in the film where he's just looking at the phone and just zooms in zooms in. So and then I added some camera handling sound yeah. which were in stereo in a cinema it was just going you know the image was going you know camera handling as he's touching his phone you know it's very close to him. um so yeah just um it it just didn't want to keep it as a documentary because the film also didn't want that yeah it's just a film it's a documentary of fiction we just approached it as a film a cinematic experience is what our aim was especially the the scene where he is driving his car i think this happens at the 30 minute mark it's a one hour long film and yeah. it's a perfect example of blend of like you know you can hear that difference through sound like you know whether like and it's a good blend of fiction and documentary together yeah, like exactly. where he's driving like a like a madman and like you know yeah. the sound the revving sound of the car and it's yeah. it's really scary yeah it was all the bmw 5.1 recordings i had and also the camera sound for the center channel mm. <laughs> so yeah. the director was sitting behind literally in the back seat and recording it obviously it was all distorted and everything um but uh, i just got the essence of what how he was driving mm. so i kept the honking from the camera sound okay and stripped everything else out with my you know recordings of that but essentially we recreated that moment it was very hard to get the things right but we luckily had the exact same car sound in my library so it was it was quite lucky actually and uh, obviously looking at the camera i was listening to the camera sound you know very very closely where he's changing the gear how it's looking and how do we add the bumps and the car passes around you know flying by so yeah it, it was uh, it was it was essentially the idea you said mixing the two worlds yeah. you know what is fiction and what is non fiction you hear this dressed up environment 
in the cinema but at the same time you hear this raw camera sound from the center channel which just makes you a little bit more edgy yeah that center channel is a documentary part of it yeah and i mean the... it, yeah i guess that's how i approached <laughs> yeah. that scene it was like the center channel had that distortion yeah. but the surrounds were pretty loud on that film and do you normally record your own sound effects for the films that you work on or like some of the... them some of them like yeah, every project we make we make sure that we do like on i worked on gully boy with ayush mm-hmm. um which uh, i did effects for and we recorded you know all the, all the sounds of dharavi as I, as he mentioned also and uh, there was one film i did in the london called american hero where we recorded a car door because in that film the main protagonist had these powers uh, telekinesis powers yeah i'm always recording sounds um it's you know for my library whenever i get a chance and whenever a project needs it like for daddy i went to chols and Bombay to get the you know get the voices specifically mm-hmm. like for ambient voices so that I don't have to do a much crowd sort of acting just f- to fill the ambiences plus a crowd dubbing rarely works I mean it it does it does but like for ambiences depends and, on, yeah like, it does yeah, depends on the on the kind of crowd that you yeah, get yeah. because most of them are It's very specific like, like Dari was very specific Maharashtrian speaking mm-hmm. Marathi speaking crowd and from Chols and you know like you want to hear some like radio playing in the background and we used all of that stuff um just like a plastic ball bouncing tuck 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 just in that background you know you are somewhere near the kids who are playing it's evening 4 o'clock you know something like yeah. that it's stuff like that you always looking out for specific sounds is what i am always looking out for and uh, it just makes it's just one sound which just makes you the scene alive sometimes it's like okay this is it okay this is the moment you add this one place it correctly between the dialogue blah blah and you register that sound to yeah. the audience and that's it you're in that space obviously with the other layers of wind blah blah you know room tones etc so like you mentioned you've also worked as sound editor mm. on films where someone else was a sound supervisor for yeah. you yeah and gully boy was one such film yeah so talk a little bit about how when you're changing these hats yeah when you're going from a sound supervisor position to a sound editor like what's your thought process when you approach a film like that yeah uh it's very straight again it's very straightforward uh because i've been doing it for uh, you know i started off as a sound effects editor um i'm still am and still sort of as you said move through different formats installation sound supervisor talking to the client it's mainly i don't have to deal with the clients to be honest <laughs> i don't have to deal with the producers i don't have to deal with the director in some ways i mean i would love to speak to the director but i don't have to i don't have to deal with the editors i don't have to deal with the post production supervisors i don't have to deal with nothing i'm only dealing with my supervisor who's a friend of mine <laughs> so it's like great man look here's the film you know what to do on it and you just go through it once or a couple of couple of beers watch the film and that's it we try to obviously add some nice things to it it's you know something different to it every time project comes you want to do something different we wanted to play dharavi loud but you know because visually it was very loud anyway so maybe in the mix it wasn't as loud but in in the in our edit tracks if you had the scenes where wherever his murad's house is etc um you know you hear a lot of detail i mean when we went to dharavi for a recording trip it when we went in the morning it was like a water world like yeah. it's just drainage everywhere just like water i mean like wow this is you know this is such a good texture for in the morning when everyone wakes up there's just buckets filling and just like water world so that was really cool to just you know just to be in that space and uh, with the sound supervisor whatever 
you know i've kind of made my position like somewhere between supervisor and effects editor all right so that kind of wraps up my questions uh, which i had for you i'd like to end my podcast on a note where if you want to give any advice to someone who's starting out what would it be yeah it's it's a great time to be a sound designer it's a great time to be working with technology and you know different mediums everyone can record sound on their phone everyone can get a zoom h4n h2n whatever an advice would be you know just to be more aware of the world where you live if you really want to be a sound designer and work on films develop your aesthetic by reading by maybe learning programming knowing how a microphone works just the basic things just get your basics right like simple things like that just get that right if you want to be like get your technical base sorted and then to develop aesthetics you just have to be more aware read about the world read about you know the previous artists read about there's so much information available online and you know you just got to be passionate someone who really wants to make your career in it if you if you really love it pursue it with all your heart i think that's some really good advice you heard it from the pro himself so i think that's a good point to end this podcast where can people get in touch with you yeah if you want to see some of my work because you know most of the work is not really commercially out you can go to my website um it's uddusaja.com and uh, just you know shoot me an email all the details are on the website and uh, yeah if you have any questions i'll be more than happy to answer them all right there you have it so thank you so much udit for your time it was a pleasure having you on the podcast thank you thank you so much yeah and to all of you all who plugged in thank you so much for listening if you like the podcast let me know and if you didn't like it then definitely let me know this is aditya adav signing off until next time bye